quite enjoying listening to the orchestra this morning. I think we'd pay for them. They might as well earn their keep. They're all sitting in the in the corner. Every single one of them handpicked. Every single one of them over ninety. Fantastic. Now the LBC Orchestra. Doom, 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 doom. I used to laugh actually when I used to years ago play the Sex Pistols album, and it had a, a lovely track on it, which is totally unrepeatable on this program this morning. Um, and I used to imagine that they, if, if they were ever going to do a video or a DVD or whatever it was of it, they would have a little orchestra of little grey-haired old ladies who'd be playing this. Doom, 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 and just, and I just, it just amused me. It amused me strangely. I forgot to mention yesterday, and I, I, I do apologise to uh, to Gordon uh, in Tooting because it was the aftermath of Valentine's Day, and I forgot to say because we got absolutely yesterday flooded with. Uh, emails and text messages and everything else. So I, I thought, you know, if I'd, I only came across this one this morning, sadly. So thank you to Sandra for a lovely Valentine's weekend. Not just a day, a, a weekend of it. Meal, presents, dance. He says here in oh-so-sweltering tooting. <laughs> the tooting people's front, there they are. So I uh, hope you had a, a nice weekend. A nice a Valentine's weekend. It was. Uh, I survived a children's party yesterday, which was quite good, so I don't have any problem with that. We had um, 31 five-year-olds. You can imagine, can't you? But it, it, Which is actually good, because they ate as much food as they could. For hard, they had to throw anything away, so that was very good indeed. They had lovely party bags, and it was Addison and Daniels. They decided to have a joint party. The hall was brilliant in Ongar. It was really fantastic. It's a, a fairly modern uh, hall which people can rent out, but it had all the cutlery, uh, all the windows, you know, none of this sort of broken window malarkey. It was really a beautiful, beautiful hall, and uh, we looked after it nicely, but we had the best entertainer ever. And I wish I could tell you what his name was, because I've got no idea. He could be called Mis- Mr. Wobbly Legs or something like that. All I know is he has a van, he goes, do, 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 on his hooter. And he does it about three or four times. And he was manic. Two and a half hours he did. Two and a half hours. Most of it appealing to the adults and the kids. Because the, the mums absolutely loved him. He shouts. He screams. He sprays them with water. They dance. He takes them underneath the dining room tables. He dances. You don't think like it. Because it's very difficult to find good kids entertainers at the right price. And he did a little bit of ventriloquism, but it was only sort of funny. But he screams into the microphone. He got the kids... You know what they're like at five years old? They jump up and down and they get excited over... And they all had to wear things. So all the girls came as princesses or Disney characters. And all the boys either came as firemen or we had a a spaceman. All sorts of things. And and it was really good, actually. We had a a lovely, lovely time. And then I, I headed back. So the time I got in last night, I was so desperate to watch Come Dine With Me that I was determined that I was going to stay up. I thought, it's great, actually. I haven't got anything to do today, so I don't, I don't mind being a bit tired on the programme, because I can come in, do the programme, go home. Sadly not. My other producer, Matt, phones me and goes, uh, they've moved Connie Fisher. She's coming in this morning. So I thought, oh, I love it. So I don't mind doing it. But I'm just sort of thinking. So last night, I watched Come Dine With Me with Edwina Curry, that ghastly other girl I can't remember who's on uh, with Nikki Campbell uh, on the... Watchdog program, Julia Bradbury, can't bear her, can't bear her, Philip Olivier and Christopher Biggins. Now, there is a feature in one of the papers today on how cult this program has become, because it's so good, and this was an hour, so I sat down last night, and I hadn't eaten anything apart from nibbled at the kids' parties. You know, you're putting the sandwiches out, and just as he came to his first break, we're sort of putting all the sandwiches out, and little sausage rolls, and 
cakes and chocolate and everything. And they were they were very good, and they ate everything up, so that was quite nice. Uh, but never bother with tomatoes, because it's just not worth the... And they, they put everything, kids, on their plate. When they're five, so they've got a chocolate cake, and they've got a ham sandwich, and they've got, you know, another chocolate biscuit, and then they've got some, some things that taste of prawn crackers and all this other stuff. So they, they eat everything at the same time. God knows what's going on in their stomachs. So I get in, and I'm starving. And I think to myself, as I did the other week, I'm go- all I had in the, in the fridge, I've, I can either do a peppered steak. Oh, no, I'm not really in the mood for a peppered steak. I thought, I know, I'll have curry over mashed potato. Well, I'm blow me down. I thought I had a whole box of mashed potato. It's vanished. Vanished completely. I don't know. Must be the potato fairy or something spiriting it away in the kitchen or mice or something. Anyway, it's gone. So I had to have two Kashmiri curries. So I just chucked them in, in a wok, turned it up full whack, Quickly poured myself a glass of wine, did my injection, sat down and watched Come Dine with me. And guess who won? Out of, if you haven't seen it, Philip Olivier, Christopher Biggins, that's my stomach incidentally, uh, Edwina Curry and Jula Bradbury. Who won it? Biggins. By a mile. By a mile. For the simple reason that everybody uh, told me the same thing last night. You can't fault him for company. You cannot fault him. If ever you go out for dinner with him, he'll be the life and soul of the party. He's entertaining. He's witty. He's got a million and one stories. He's funny. He's, a, he's, the, he's the best host you'll ever have. And they all said exactly the same. I don't think Philip Olivier had ever met Biggins up until that time. And he said, I'm going to give, because I'm thinking, because Biggins is food. He cheated. He got some woman to come in and cook it. Uh, B, uh, he bought the pate at Waitrose. And Edwina Curry thought she'd sussed it, but he, he, he didn't let on at all. And the other funny thing was, that wasn't his house. They obviously used somebody else's house. Mind you, I wasn't totally convinced it was Philip Olivier's house, because I thought he lived in Liverpool. So they obviously rent flats or houses for these things. And did you notice, I mean, if, if that would have been Biggins' house, it would have been absolutely full of theatre posters and pictures and paintings. The walls were totally bare. And having been to his house on a number of occasions, I know exactly what it looks like. So when they used that one, and he'd said to me, I think after the... Uh, I think after the South Bank Awards, I think he was going off to film. I think it was either the next day or that eve, whatever it was, he was going off to film it. So it was really good, and he won. And Philip Olivier said, I'm going to give 10 out of 10 to Biggins for being best host, best this, best... And they all said exactly the same. You can't fault him. It would be your nightmare to be on a programme with him because he, he, just, he just walks away with it. So he did the food. He tells the most amazing stories... They, they drink wine. They'd, even by the end of the series, Edwina Curry was drinking wine, so that was good, wasn't it? Anyway, all of that to one side. So I got back in, so I had my cashmere, so I climbed into bed at about half past nine. And I was out like that, but I think I've done my neck in. I don't know why. They sent me a Passat this morning. Have you ever heard of one of those? A Passat, I ask you. And the back of it doesn't quite go down enough for me, so it's, you end up with a crick in your neck, which isn't very... <laughs> Which isn't very pleasant, but at least it gets you in in one piece. So for that, we should be grateful. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Johnny, good morning. He says, picture the scene. Arriving home after another overpaid day, driving the cab. The butler rushed to the front door to greet me at Johnny Mansions. The only thing concerning me was the noise coming from the West Wing. I jumped into the golf buggy and made the ten-minute journey across the grounds to find out what the heck was going on. As I opened the door to the drawing room, the shrieks and gasps became louder. A horrible sight. Younger listeners, leave the room now or put your fingers in your ears. The 103-inch flat-screen TV with HD had been left on, and Melinda Messenger had just finished skating and was grinning at the same time as saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have seen Melinda Messenger? The maid revived me with a large glass of cognac, but to make matters worse, Bunty Henderson, the family doctor, has informed me I'll have nightmares for years when the name Super Smug Ray Quinn is mentioned. Even in the presence of polite company, is this entertainment for nice people like us? Share my pain, old boy. I did watch a bit of uh, the ice skating. Super smug Ray Quinn is just that. The trouble is, he can skate. 
And that's the worrying thing. He can skate very well. Melinda Messenger. I did say yesterday, and, I, and I, I only thought about it on the train. I remember thinking, if your career's just about washed up and all you're known for is being glamour model and going on about you and your dreary husband Wayne and your kids' life stories, you know, how, how can you, you kick-start your career? So you sit down and you go, I tell you what, th- th- this, this is in the, the Steve Allen fantasy mode. How do you kick-start your career if you're Melinda Messenger? And all you're known for is getting your Bristols out because you used to work for a double-glazing company in Swindon, I ask you. Swindon, hardly the millionaire's playground. But anyway, so, so what do you do? You sit there and you go, I know, Wayne, Wayne. So Wayne trots over, like a good little handbag that he is, and you say, I tell you what, we're going to put out the story that we're splitting up, all right? Pressure of work, I'm being the only breadwinner, you're a lazy good-for-nothing so-and-so. So Wayne goes, hmm because he's a bit like that. Ooh. Because she's the, she's the main breadwinner. And so they then have the story in the papers that they've split up, you know, the most perfect marriage in showbiz. Oh, isn't it? La-di-da-di-da. Terrible shame and all the rest of it. And what you do is you keep it going for a few weeks. Then you get a job dancing on ice. And then you can sell the story. Wayne and I are back together. Me dancing on ice has revitalised and rekindled our love interest. And I thought to myself, what a pile of old pants, ladies. I don't believe anything I read in the paper. You shouldn't either. Most of it is taken with a, with a pinch of salt. A nice pinch of salt, but a pinch of salt nevertheless. Noreen, good morning. She saw Brian yesterday afternoon. He was OK. Tired. She said, I'm exhausted. He's the one who's been in the hospital. She went all Saturday on the phone. He was due to have his op at 9am, as I said. Had it at midnight. Midnight. I mean, who goes in to have ops at midnight? Anyway, uh, she says it was delayed as there was a big shooting. Hope the party was good and you behaved. Yes. I'm back to bed now, but I am listening. You close your eyes. You close your eyes. Our thoughts are with you. Don't worry. 84850, steve at uk. I'm determined to get everything in this morning. Uh, Dorman Dom says, just driving back from Brighton. Actually, when I drove back, it seemed to take forever to drive back, but I went down to Essex yesterday through the Mile End Road. My God, what a dump that is. What a depressing area. I can understand now my, my late mother used to say she felt depressed when she drove through the East End because she remembers it before the bombs started falling and the East End got particularly badly hit. Still looks like it today. Boarded up shops, hospital boarded up. What a dump. Really is. Horrible, horrible place. I thought, I'm so glad I don't live out that side of London. Uh, another one here. Oh, I will do the papers. <laughs> As only you know we can on this programme. Uh, Steve, if your partner's overweight, get them to walk three miles in the morning and three miles at night. After two weeks, the fat so-and-so will be 84 miles away. I know, it's good, isn't it? I like that. It's such an old one. Yesterday, everybody wanted to know uh, how Ilford was named. Ilford was named. And according to Norman in Bexley Heath, it was mentioned in the Doomsday Book. Ilford is a corruption of that. Islefort. Islefort. And in fact, uh, Jean says, Ilford was called Islefort in the Doomsday Book, meaning ford over the Hyle, the old name of the, is it Roding River? Richmond are celebrating 500 years of the death of Henry the uh, five, six, seventh, and how he built Richmond. I thought it was the sixth, wasn't it? I thought it was Henry the sixth, but it could be right. I don't know. The museum has a good display on now. Thank you, Madeleine. And uh, also, we were we were intrigued the other day as to what the hokey pokey man used to shout when he came down your street. I just thought he shouted "Okey pokey, okey pokey." For those people young enough who thought that we sort of wandered into some sexual programme, we hadn't. Uh, the Hokey Pokey Man was not some 13-year-old who shacks up with a 15-year-old who might or might not have slept with eight kids around the area. Either way, she was certainly the local bike, whichever way you look at it. It's just awful, really. It is, And that goes on in the papers today. And in fact, yesterday, Andrew Pierce was saying, guess how much he thinks that family will make? 
£500,000. So, my advice is, if you really want to make money now, and we do see a lot of this in the, in, in the papers, um, you don't need to do, you don't need to go out to work. Just get your 13-year-old to do it with the next-door neighbour who might be 12 or 13, and, uh, and you'll make an absolute packet. So it works nowadays. It's, it's dreadful, isn't it? It is dreadful. Anyway, uh, Joan in Mitcham says the Hokey Pokey man used to shout out, Hokey Pokey, penny a lump, more you eat, more you jump. For those people who didn't pick up on yesterday's programme, Hokey Pokey was the ice cream man. Okay, Italian, always Italian, and that's what he used to shout, Okey Pokey. So now you know, just in case you'd woken up thinking, I've wandered into some strange Steve Allen dream this morning. No, you haven't, but here's the headlines. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. 5.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. Front page of the papers this morning. As you know, Anthony has, uh, has already done them to pieces. It's the same story on one... Actually, one, two, probably three, three papers this morning. Men, most of them dealing with this 13-year-old boy, who, according to what he said to the papers today, and I say you take this with a, with a pinch of salt, uh, is uh, definitely the father, but he says he's been going out with her for two years. Well, I mean, that, that would make him 11. I mean, he looks childlike as it is. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk Jade Goody is on the front pages of the uh, papers shopping for her wedding dress uh, as we said yesterday and last week and the week before the mo- more money she makes out of this the best the best for her and the best for the kids the only trouble is as I said before it's such a shame that everybody who is suffering with terminal cancer can't make £4 million like that because I'm sure they would love it because there are people probably at the moment who are in hospital who are dying who won't make a penny piece, who will die and, you know, they won't have any money at all. She's going to make £4 million for the kids, which is fantastic. I mean, I think that's brilliant. If Max Clifford can broker a deal with the newspapers, he, he goes to the top of my list. Strangely enough, Max has got two clients running at the moment, Jade Goody and 13-year-old Alfie and his family. He's running them both. Max Clifford, I mean, th- this man is, is nothing short of genius. Nothing short of genius. But uh, Jade Goody still being filmed for her TV programme... Out on the front of the uh, the sun and uh, the mirror here. And uh, they've said, depending on which paper you read yesterday, she's either going to get married in church or she's going to get married in hospital or she's going to get married in Elton John's villa. Now, one of the papers has got it wrong today because they're saying uh, Elton John's villa in Windsor. No, that wasn't the one on offer. According to Max Clifford, the one in France is on offer, which is a beautiful, stunning building. And he said, he doesn't think she's well enough to do it there. He thinks, or certainly a number of the papers think, that what they'll do is they'll actually end up doing it in hospital. Because there's no way that it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's nice that she was out yesterday, they say, shopping for the wedding dress, but she was filming for the TV programme. And as she said herself, various interviews, she said, I've, I've spent my life in front of the camera, I'll probably die in front of the camera. But you'd have thought that they could have brought the wedding dresses to her. She could just sit there, sit up in bed, go through all the, the catalogues and say, right, I'd like that, i like that, i like that. And then it'd be easier, as opposed to having to sort of put her out there. But because she's making the TV programme, and because she's committed to living, and she said, yeah, I'll, I'll carry on doing it, they're actually going to go with it. They've got uh, various quotes in the paper today. She wants Jack as her husband. Apparently, for some strange reason, it actually says here... Um, they, you know, talking about uh, marrying sweetheart Jack Tweed, her saviour. And I think, is this the man who's just come out of prison? I'm, I'm obviously not reading this one correctly. If it makes her happy, fine. I, I couldn't care less. But 
as uh, Sally Brooke, the Sun Woman editor, has said today, Jade has, by her own admission, lived her life in front of the cameras, and every step of that way, she's made the most of that time. So it's, it's fitting that she should do it. We, we don't have any problem with the way she wants to do it. As I say, it, just, it would be lovely if everybody suffering with terminal cancer got given a million pounds, or something like that, so that people they leave behind, you know, people, if they were the main breadwinner... You know, it's nice. But I think she'll end up getting married in hospital. But uh, you'll probably find out later because Max is going to be with uh, Nick on breakfast today. And uh, and also Siobhan Wikes. Now, I wasn't sure if Siobhan had actually done an interview with Jade ages and ages ago. But uh, she's going to be on as well. But Max will have all the answers. But to actually do both the stories, it must be Max's... You know, Max Clifford don't work cheap. I would think he must be earning a fortune. And this is a man who's suffering himself. How he keeps going, I've got no idea, but I think he must love his, his job, and this is, uh, this is a bit of a labour of love for, for Max. Michael Dennis says, I trust this morning finds you in fine fettle. I don't know about you, but I find shaving such a chore. I know my auntie Enid was the same. Absolutely ghastly at shaving. But uh, he has written this one. It's called Stubble Trouble. It could be applicable for women as well, I suppose. How much longer can I stave off my need to have a shave? It's so bad, every bristle feels as sharp as a thistle. When did I last see my chin have the feel of smoother skin? Personal groomings been exempt. I look scruffy and unkempt. Reality has its say in my mirror every day. More and more whiskers of grey say my youth's fading away. As I have a blunt razor blade, little progress will be made. For each pack of four, you know, cost me seven pounds a throw. A lack of cash means this beard can't be regularly sheared. So now, for this average Joe, let's the facial fungus grow. So there you go. I think everybody hates you. Isn't it the worst thing in the world? You want to get up at the time I get up in the morning, and you sit there thinking, one of these days I'm actually going to go into work and I'm not going to have a shave. And I've decided that it's every day when I get up, I think, right, I'm not going to have a shave. And then I think, oh, I can't go into work without having a shave. It's just horrible. You can't do it. It's like coming into work without having a shower. You've got to get up on it. It's the only thing that wakes me up in the morning. I cannot wake up without having... Well, I, I can wake up. You know, if I didn't, you know, I wouldn't be here. But uh, I can't wake up and get myself together without having at least three or four glasses of water, having the shave and having the shower, and then you feel better, don't you? I envy people who wake up in the morning and they just literally slide out of bed, slide into their clothes and walk out the front door. I cannot do it. I've tried. It's just not me. I did miss, however, the other night... Uh, Graham Stainer. Cast your mind back. Come on, Graham Stainer. He features on the Jeremy Kyle show. He's one of these people who sits there going, well, I think, you know, the reason that your marriage is like this is because you're pond life. And so they all talk about it. But anyway, he threw a little tantrum on Sky News last night with Steve Dixon. Steve Dixon asked if little Alfie Patton's family resembled the kind of families they paraded on the Jeremy Kyle show. Graham terminated the interview, this is Graham Stainer, by pulling off his microphone saying, I'm not here to talk about the Jeremy Kyle show. Made himself look very stupid. Very stupid. Because that's exactly what it is on the Jeremy Kyle show. They think they're doing some big service to the public. We know they're making a programme about pond life. Because these people are just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And they're in the papers every day. And, uh, and that's why we all sort of look at it and we go, oh, I'm so glad these people don't live next door to us. And then you look next door and suddenly they are next door to you. These people are all over the place. I mean, I was absolutely amazed that um, Chantel Stedman's family are all on benefits. I've looked at the house. I wish we could all be on benefits like that. What a nice little con that one is, isn't it? Fantastic. My God. It's almost as good as being an MP. Almost as good as being an MP now. I think I'll live in my sister's bedroom. 
And for this, we'll be claiming 160,000... Really? Yeah, it's perfectly legal. Well, how are you doing it? Everybody's doing it. They're all doing it. It's how they make money. Marge, I think her days could be numbered. Uh, Martine says, the name Wembley comes from the corruption of the phrase Wembus Lee, which is Saxon English for Wembus Field. Interesting, all these Anglo-Saxon... I'd love to go back. Wouldn't you like to go in a time machine? Not to go back in a time machine and just sort of click your fingers and you go back to Victorian time. God, no. At the moment, I'd be sitting in a very luxurious townhouse because that's what the global studios are built on. Three townhouses were in Leicester Square. Well, I think there's a few more than that, but three were here. And, um, and somebody famous lived here. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it was. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Steve, the story of this young boy Alfie is almost as disgusting as Jonathan Ross, says Den. I, d- I think it's just worse. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. Something awful, isn't it, really? Uh, Noreen says, I had a coffee briefly on Saturday with a friend, talked about the 13-year-old dad. Her daughter, 12, says the girl in her year was pregnant. That's, perhaps, I'll tell you what it is, Noreen. I've come to the conclusion we're all in the wrong life. We're obviously in the era where, you know, kids, I mean, you've seen them on the bus. I sat on a bus the other day, Graham and I came back from, from Richmond, and two girls got on, and to say they were chavs would be an understatement. Tracksuit bottoms, no coat, holding her one cigarette and a lighter. The language was foul. Every other word was F. At one point, the girl in front of this... I can only call them a chav. There's a few other words I might use later on. Uh, turned around and just looked at her, and this girl went, what are you effing looking at? This is on the bus in front... You know, why nobody got up and, you know, and threw her off? I've got no idea. It's just... But that's the sort of girl you're dealing with. The sort of girl who probably thinks, you know, not particularly good-looking, but, unfortunately, the type who sleeps around. And and it's a sad reflection on the time we're in at the moment. 84850, steve at More from the papers coming up in a moment. More of your texts and emails. So get them in, and we'll weave them in between now and seven. LBC 97.3 BC 97.3 Steve Allen Text 84850 It's 28 minutes to 6 It's Monday morning I know you don't want to go to work but you should really you should really get up and go to work believe you me you should go to work today it's going to be a nice day it's going to be a lot milder than it has been of uh, late uh, anton says in regards to max clifford i don't think promoting bad behavior can be called genius he's not promoting bad behavior what he's do, doing is selling the story to the highest bidder unfortunately if he didn't do it somebody else would do it what he does is the best in the business and i think i mean he's not promoting bad behavior i mean it's it's of no consequence to him what they've done all he's doing is acting as the go between He's not endorsing what they've done. In fact, if anything, Max has probably got more morals than anybody else. He probably thinks it's disgusting as everybody else does. But if there's, if there's money there and somebody's saying, you, you need somebody because this, this family quite clearly wouldn't have the faintest idea how to deal with, with Fleet Street or anything else. I say Fleet Street. There's hardly anything in Fleet Street nowadays. Tony says, have you ever tried shaving before you go to bed? That way you only need to shower. No, it doesn't work. Because in between going to bed and waking up again, you still feel like you need a shave, I'm afraid. I don't know why. You just do. Unless, of course, you think differently. 84850, uk. I like the idea of shaving before you go to bed. Uh, coming up uh, on Nick Ferrari's breakfast this morning, uh, they're going to be talking again about the two stories. Firstly, the 13-year-old dad is the media insensitising teen pregnancy. Also, as, as a lot of the papers are asking, where's social services in this? 
Where is social services when a 12-year-old th- boy gets a 15-year-old pregnant? Where's social services? What are they doing? Answer, absolutely diddly squat. Nothing at all. So Nick will talk about that this morning. Um, Jade Goody, how far will she take her story? Max Clifford will be on. And uh, a personal perspective from Siobhan Wikes. Do you know, I'm, I promise you now, when the ultimate happens, every single person will be jumping on the bandwagon. I bet you. Every single person will be trying to sell stories about her. They'll all be doing it. From, uh, from the ghastly bloke who's been in prison. He'll be saying, you know, her last hours, I'm going to tell... And it's, it's just going to be awful. It's going to be absolutely awful. I mean, you know, we thought he was ghastly before. And uh, I think he's even worse now, I'm afraid. Uh, Daily Star today. It's 20 pence. 20 pence. They say it's 10p cheap in the sun. Why pay more for less? Well, it depends whether you believe half the stories in the Daily Star. Amanda Holden was left red-faced after admitting she had no idea who is the Chancellor of the Exchequer. They took her to down it. I mean, how dim do you have to be? Uh, the blonde Britain's Got Talent judge, amazingly, she's got so far with very little talent, um, went with Piers Morgan and Simon Cowell to meet Gordon Brown. Just seconds before the meeting, she was asked to name the Chancellor. Alistair Darling was stumped. She says, um, it's, um... Oh, God, she said, the Prime Minister's going to think I'm stupid. Yep. Although, actually, she's probably not alone. You could probably run through the Shadow Cabinet and most people wouldn't have the faintest idea... Who was? Pro- I mean, you could even ask people in pubs now. You could probably go out and ask Alfie's family, and, uh, and find it. So, do you know who the prime minister is? Oh, Thatcher, is it? I don't know, something like that. In fact, they were wearing a mask the other day with just ask Max. We don't have any. You know, we're not allowed to talk to the media. Do it all through uh, through Max. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Proud Englishmen and women have joined the Daily Star in demanding the return of the country's biggest St George's Day. Pre- uh, Parade. I think it's been a bit hijacked, though, hasn't it, St George's Day? I think a little bit, probably by the sort of so far right, we've just fallen off the edge of the cliff. And British workers are being robbed of jobs by migrants willing to earn just two quid an hour. I don't know how they live on two pound an hour. Um, Kelly says, saw pictures of you, of you switching on Christmas lights in Twickenham on Facebook. You are huge. I know, a huge crowd I attracted. Thank you. Absolutely enormous crowd we pulled for that one. Biggest crowd they've ever had. Uh, Mark says, my son says, uh, if wants to start shaving at 13, I said, leave it as long as you can, because once you start, you won't stop. It's true, actually. I remember, now, who told me that? It might have been my father, actually, years ago, who said, you go, listen, because you know when you're sort of young, you get this sort of, this fluff, and you think, I'll, I'll, I'll shave it off. And then your dad says, listen, the moment you start shaving, it'll start growing. And he was absolutely right. And the earlier you start, the longer it seems to go on for... It's terrible. It's the bane of everybody's life. Talking of the bane of everybody's life, here they are. Tyler Barker, Richard Goodsell and Alfie Patton. OK, who got her up the duff? Which one is it? They're all crawling out the woodwork. There's, there's now three people. Alfie Patton, who doesn't look like he could use, uh, you know, an abacus, I'm afraid. Uh, here, this little child that she took to her bed. Sorry, I feel a bit queasy. Uh, Richard Goodsell and Tyler Barker are actually admitting that they've slept with her. Why you'd want to admit that, I've got no idea. You know, if it was somebody like Elle McPherson, yes. Not some 15-year-old, thank you very much indeed, but Tyler Barker's hoping that it's not him. Well, at least there might be an ounce of sensibility. But Richard Goodsell, who's got an eyebrow pierce, says he's been sleeping with her for ages. I mean, is it, it's classic stuff, isn't it? Now, somebody's telling lies. Now, I'm tempted to, uh, to put to you this morning that, of course, children tell lies. We've seen them doing it on the television. You know, we all did it as kids. Did you do that? No. Did you do it? I didn't. You promised me you didn't. I never did that. 
And now they want to come out and admit to sleeping with this sad 15-year-old who lives at home and whose, whose boyfriend's apparently been allowed to stay over with the family in the house at 15. Gets more disgusting by the minute, doesn't it? And mind you, you know, if she's that easy, fantastic, good for her. It'd be a lot easier if they put a red light over the front door, wouldn't it? You know, cut out the middleman. I mean, she doesn't have to charge for it, although, you know, eventually it does turn into prostitution. Because they're selling the story. In fact, they're only doing it through Max Clifford. If anybody's going to get good money for them, he will. As I say, there's going to be a spate of them. To be honest with you, I think, now I'm terribly sorry, we're going to take away your benefits now. That's what I'm more keen on discovering. Uh, I don't know if you watched Anton Deck on Saturday. I, w- I was torn between Dale Winton's show, because I love watching that, and I have a loyalty, to watching a bit of Anton Deck. I was a bit miffed at Anton Deck. Same old, same old. Nothing new with it at all, I'm afraid. In fact, it was a 75-minute show that should have run for about 35 minutes. It was nice, except they drammed out, uh, dragged out the same lame old celebrities. Limp Opic came out. You know, a dreary person at the best of times. When will somebody tell this, this man he has no personality, he is neither funny nor interesting, he can't even keep a cheeky girl, and let's face it, they don't exactly look difficult to pull, do they? Jonathan Wilkes and a load of other people. It was just the saddest ever. The sad... Oh, so are you working? Do you want to earn 250 quid? Come on. Come on. You're Jonathan Wilkes. What are you famous for, Jonathan? Oh, I know. You're friends with Robbie Williams, aren't you? And you can only talk about him. Oh, God, blimey. Phil says they do waxing for men. Saves having a shave for days. Do they? Oh dear, I'm not sure about that. I know that they, in, in a lot of uh, gents' hairdressers, they do offer a wet shave, and some people say, if you do wet shave, it's closer than a, an electric. But frankly, I've never managed to do a wet shave in my life. I, I remember going, going to work once with bits of paper stuck all over you because you had to stem the bleeding. And they used to do a, 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 was it a styro pencil or something like that? Whatever it was, it, it was something that, that stopped you bleeding. Doesn't seem to uh, make any difference. Um, I'm sure you will agree that this is a sign of how society is now in the toilet, says Max. I'm a dad of two, and if my daughter or son came and said they were pregnant, well, I think if your son came home and said he was pregnant, you're online for about 50 million quid, that'll be a first. He said, I'd have felt like the biggest failure. At least these chavs will keep Jeremy Kyle in a job. He doesn't see them as chavs. Although, actually, you do want half these people who, uh, who turn up on the Jeremy Kyle show to move in next door to him. Don't you? You feel like say you love him so much, mate, because it's just disgusting, the programme. Oh, my God, in heaven... Peaches Geldof, topless. Not surprised your marriage failed, love. Dear God in heaven. Oh, dear. How many more tattoos can she put on her body? Anyway, luckily, she was posing on a beach, topless. Bet your dad's really proud of you. You're marvellous, aren't you? You really are. We love you to pieces. <gasps> scary, scary. Uh, Amy MacDonald is not surprised at being snubbed by the Brits for a second year running. And, uh, strangely enough, it's still going. Minder with, uh, with Shane Ritchie. I mean, I've never seen such cod acting in my entire life. Cod means it's a bit... It's a bit sort of naff. It's a bit... It's so predictable. And, and you just look at it and you think, you can't act. You absolutely can't act. Great sort of, you know, showbiz and sort of, you know, somebody should go back to Pontins and Butlins or wherever it was he uh, started working. But I don't think you should actually be doing Minder because the show's rubbish. Uh, Metro this morning. You'll all be reading this on the train. Anyway, I'm going to ruin your train journey for you because I always, I always pick up the Metro. I get it sent in as well. But I always go and pick it up because everybody reads it on the train in the morning. Because it's free and it's got every story. All they've done is trawl the papers and they've just moved them onto here. It's great. They've got here dressmakers raiding the compost heap to create eco-friendly weed robes. It looks quite good, actually. It's amazing what you can make out of vegetable leaves, isn't it, nowadays? I quite like this stuff, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? It's excellent. It is, I know. A flower frock. I like that stuff. 
I don't think we'll be using it, but if you're listening down at Nine Elms at the moment, don't throw away any cabbage leaves or anything like that, because you can do it. Uh, are aliens right under our noses? OK, let me answer that question for you now. No, they're not. OK? There's no point. It's like, I remember... What was that comedy programme? The little girl said, D- do little doggies go to heaven? And the woman looked at her and went, no, they don't. Although I, I made a complete faux pas the other day, having admitted that we don't actually believe that there is a God... I then said, we saw these roses the other day, and I said, do you know, honestly, imagine God creating those. And somebody wrote in and went, oh, so you don't believe in God then, do you? I thought it was quite clever. I was very impressed. Um, if this girl has slept around, can we assume that Alfie has been DNA tested? This was the first thing that I put forward. The moment the story broke, and we got it first on this programme, because nobody else had covered it, we did it first and were outraged and did the whole business. And I said, if I was him, I'd get a DNA test. The trouble is, he doesn't. He probably thinks it's some sort of PlayStation. He's got no idea what a DNA test is. I mean, he's he's dim to say he's he's thirteen, but he is the dimmest thirteen-year-old you'll ever meet. I've got a ten-year-old who's brighter, and a and a five-year-old now who's brighter than he is. At ten years old, he doesn't even know what a condom is. He has no idea. And there were loads of other. How much a nap is? I don't know. It costs a lot of money. That's all he knows. He's the thickest thirteen-year-old you'll ever meet. I'm afraid. Although that's the sad reflection that they are Jeremy Kyle fodder. Dreadful. Uh, whole affair is outrageous. Steve, did you see Biggins on Come Dine with me? Have you just woken up or what? What's going on here? We've already talked about Biggins. Uh, he didn't show them how it was done. Somebody else made it for him. But, of course, he won, so that was good. A real entertainer. Uh, boys are now queuing up, according to uh, Metro Today, to claim that Maisie is their daughter. Oh, my God, what a disgusting load of people there are down there. Children need better education, says Tony Kerridge of uh, Murray Stopes. Support, though, came... From the local Catholic priest. This was a bit odd. They didn't go off to have an abortion, so obviously they've got respect for human life, said Father Seamus Hester of St Gregory's in Eastbourne. Whatever their ages, I say well done for bringing the child into the world. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the Catholic priest. Because they didn't have an abortion, so they've got respect for human life. Do you think, uh, Father Seamus, they actually know what an abortion is? I mean, I don't want to sort of pour scorn on the Catholic Church... But frankly, I think you talking about children is almost laughable, I'm afraid. And the idea of saying to, you know, a 12, 13-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl, well done for bringing the child into the world, shame on you. Shame on you. And unfortunately, I think you're out on a limb on that one. Out on a limb. Uh, Jewellery we'll talk about later. And climate change is getting hotter faster than feared. Certainly is in the studio, let me tell you. More from the papers coming up. We'll take more of your texts and emails. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk. It was a styptic pencil, says Tony. A styptic pencil. I've seen it. I can't remember what the heck was in it, though. Was there something in it? A styptic pencil, and it used to stem bleeding. More questions later, like, would you dare to go grey? This is this probably fills many of you with horror this morning, but there's a huge feature in one of the papers on one woman who's going to let her hair go naturally grey and see if she can cope with it. Now, most women, at the first sign of a grey hair, and men as well, it's out with a Grecian, comb it through, and you try and make it look natural. When I talked to uh, Mr Purvis the other day from Blue Peter, he's white, but he's 70. Doesn't look 70, Peter Purvis, let me tell you. But would you be happy to go grey? Details after this. <laughs> Here's the headline. 84850. 12 minutes to six. Morning, everybody. It's Monday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Feb the 16th. You've had Valentine's Day. I know. Come on. Usual sort of thing. Didn't get any cards. 
sat there, didn't want to go out, because there's nothing worse, is there, because every restaurant is full of googly-eyed couples sitting there going... It's just horrible. I did say yesterday, I don't know why anybody who was romantically involved would want to go and sit in a restaurant with another load of gooey-eyed people. It's bad enough, normally. You don't want to sit there with the people at the next table and they sort of... I really love you. Really love you. Love you. And you think, say it at home. Stay in. Because that way, you know, if you're going to get that amorous, the next place is the bedroom, I should imagine. Unless your name's Chantel Stedman, in which case, you know, just take anybody. Anyway, sad news this morning. Uh, Big Brother's... Nikki Graham, you remember she was the, th- the dim one in there, mine has been quite a few, uh, was rushed to hospital covered in blood after a car accident. Nikki needed stitches to a head wound and suffered cracked ribs. She was in the back of a car without a seatbelt on when the driver suddenly braked. Her agent said there was blood everywhere. Nasty crash. She's now recovering. Well, more fool you for not wearing a seatbelt, dear. No sympathy at all on that one, I'm afraid. No sympathy at all. Um, if you think it's bad reading about a 13-year-old who looks about five fathering a child with a 15-year-old, let's just call her a girl for the purposes of the programme, uh, you're going to be even more horrified by three youths, possibly as young as 13, who were seen fleeing the shooting of two teenage boys. No arrests have yet been made following Saturday night's attack near McDonald's at Neasden. Forensic teams are now searching for clues. One resident said, I just got in at about 10.45 when I heard a crack, 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 crack. Could have been fireworks. Then I heard a man screaming and shouting. I ran out and saw two guys there. Someone said they were brothers. They looked Eastern European. One lay on the pavement, apparently unconscious. The other was clutching his stomach. Another witness said he'd seen three boys aged between 13 and 15 fleeing the scene. One local shopkeeper said carrying guns has become a way of life around here. So Neasden, you just don't want to live there, do you? I mean, you don't want to live in anywhere where there's stupid pond life like that. Perhaps we should give them all a holiday. Oh, here she is in the paper. Dad at 13, the story that shocked the nation. Not so much shocked the nation. I think she, this, this little Alfie should be taken into care immediately and this girl should be arrested for having sex with a child. I mean, you know, it's no good sitting... I mean, you, God in heaven, you've only got to look at it to realise it's 15 going on 50, isn't it? It'll go the rest of the family. Then Richard, my friends tell me the baby has my eyes. Even my mum thinks so. It's, you've got a piercing, dear. You're a bit girly boy. And Tyler Barker, it was routine for boys to stay over in her bed. I only slept with her once. Oh, great. Well, you get a badge in the scouts for that one. Although she says, I love Alfie and he took my virginity. There's been no... He's 12. He's 12. He can't even work out a PlayStation. Don't be so stupid. He took my virginity. God in heaven, what have we come to? What have we come to, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the father of Baby P is threatening to sue a council for failing to protect his son. God, that's all we've come to now, isn't it? Tell me you open up the paper, it's either, or oh, I can't do it, give me money. Or somebody, somebody took, took the mickey out of me at work, give me money. That's all we want nowadays. Nobody wants to get off their, their bottoms and actually get out there and work. I can't understand it. I've worked my entire life. And I just can't understand a pond life who sits on the television and goes, yeah, I've been on benefits because I'm like this. There's a woman in the paper today. And, uh, well, in fact, there's, there's uh, quite a number of women in the paper today. But this, this particular one is um, as an actress, a 20-stone actress and model who appeared in a World Cup ad with David Beckham has raked in more than 100,000 quid in benefits. Size 24 scrounger, say the son, Nicky Barrett, 40, has been claiming incapacity benefit for 15 years. Apparently, she appears in uh, Bex's 2006 Pepsi ad. Last year, she appeared as Vanessa Feltz in ITV's Star Stories and in an advert for Hollyoaks. She's a member of Equity. She's had bit parts in Midsummer Murders, Trial and Retribution, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she comes from Plasto. She advertises for door-to-door sales from Clean Ease on her MySpace site and an earn money from Home Scheme. But Newham Council 
have been paying this woman £94.53 a week to cover her rent and council tax, and also nearly 90 quid a week incapacity benefit. Well, this fat lardy can't be that incapacitated because she was spotted driving and carrying enormous bags of washing to a launderette. 100,000 quid. Can we get it back? Is it possible that Newham Council are that gullible that they just hand money out willy-nilly? Yesterday she said she was on benefits but denied she was working. She said the ad was ages ago. It was 2006, dear. It wasn't ages ago. You've been claiming for 15 years. I mean, this is just disgusting. A sponger working on television. Let's get the money back. I tell you what we do. We go round there and anything she's bought, we take. We take your television. We take, you know, exactly the same as if it was debt repayment. That's what we have to do. We take it back from her. Absolutely disgusting. It really is. What a scrounger. If you see her, you know what to say to her. You're a scrounger. It's not nice, is it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Martine says, the shaving anti-bleed pencil was called a... I can't say it now. Striptic pen. According to someone I know, it doesn't work. I used to get... They used to sell them. I'll tell you where they used to sell them. They used to sell them in hairdressers. Come on, hands up. You'd sit there and there would be a card with these things on it. A striptic pencil. I'm sure I've seen them in hairdressers. It's like they used to say at the end of the haircut. They don't say it now. Uh, something for the weekend, sir. I never knew what they were talking about. I used to think, oh, good, a lollipop or ice cream or something like that. Something for the weekend. Uh, Daily Mirror this morning. Jade, I will... They've said that uh, she's uh, exchanged wedding rings in a tear-filled private riverside ceremony. Uh, And then all the people who got roses for Valentine's Day and, you know, people... I mean, I don't know how many flowers were delivered to this building. There must have been acres of them, I should imagine. Acres and acres of flowers. And uh, people went home with them. Everybody else was going, we're really happy for you. You know, you've been sent a dozen red roses. How nice. Everybody else hates it. Uh, Lynn says this story about Alfie is too revolting for words. Apparently one of his sisters had a baby at 13. At this rate, you'll be a grandfather. I totally agree. Ingrid says, maybe the Catholic Church would like to help out with the maintenance of children born to children. I mean, I I don't understand... I mean, I can't understand what their local priest has said. You just think perhaps they're not in the real world. Uh, Another one here. Uh, Cam says, uh, read the baby story. It just proves it's not just foreigners who sponge off the state. Well, they haven't started sponging yet, but they they probably will. Uh, The police say uh, they're not interested in prosecuting. Uh, I agree. The, 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 I mean, I never understand that. And yet, strangely enough, there was a 42-year-old teacher in the paper yesterday uh, who had had uh, a relationship with um, a 14-year-old boy. She's gone to prison, and her, her career is, is in tatters. And yet, for some strange reason, a 15-year-old girl taking this child to her bed, nothing happens about it. Nothing happens. And strangely enough, standing outside their houses are police. You're paying for it. You and I are paying for this. Police are standing outside the houses because they're besieged by reporters. They probably want to see just what sort of house you get on benefits nowadays. It's not bad, is it? Uh, I wanted to watch the BAFTAs last week. But that overpaid geek called Jonathan Ross put an end to it. <laughs> Would there be a spate of rabbit attacks on people in veggie clothes, says Phil? Probably. I quite like the idea that rabbits go out mugging people. I think that's quite funny. Um, uh Roy says, you keep going on about little Alfie, may not be the father. But it is the mother also sure that it's hers, says Roy. Are you completely stupid? <laughs> uh, Mitch says, why is baby P's father suing the council failing to protect his son? Shouldn't he have protected him? No, 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 people, no, that's it, no. You've got the wrong end of the stick nowadays. This is England. This is, this is, you know, people arrive here and we give them money. And then if anything goes wrong in your life, like if somebody says, oh, I'm terribly sorry, you're, you're just not a very good worker, then you, you, you cry, you go off work with, with stress and strain, and we give you money. 
We, we've sort of got into this I-don't-want-to-work culture. You see them sitting on the Jeremy Kyle show. They're always wearing tracksuits. I don't know. I thought tracksuits were sort of, you know, a little bit naff now. And admittedly, it does make them look almost unemployable. But they do sit there and they go, oh, why, why aren't you working? Because I, I haven't found a job yet. What, what, what do you want to do, drug dealer? Lovely. You know, it's, it's not really that interesting, is it? What was your former job, pimp? Lovely. And here she is. It's your girlfriend. You know, it's lovely stuff. Another example of how the great family unit in the UK, not. Maybe the parents need cash and exploits the kids. I don't think they understand anything like that, but they probably can't believe it. If the newspapers are going to give them that much money, it's not bad. There's a lovely picture in the Daily Mirror today of proud Alfie. He just looks like he's holding a, you know, a baby. It, it, the, the baby's nearly as big as he is. And he's distraught that uh, there are claims that he's not the father. He says here, um, I've been going out with her for two years. He's, dist- he's a little child. As I say, he's a, he's a very dim 13-year-old. You can see some people, you know, you see kids who go to stage school. I don't want to highlight particularly stage schools, but kids there who grow up fast. By 13, you know, they're, they're very confident. You go see West End shows, you see adult 13-year-olds. You look at this one, you just see a very stupid, thick child. It's embarrassing, isn't it, at 13? You could understand if he was nine or something like that, but he's not. Uh, more stories in the papers today. Did you know that the stamps that we've got at the moment, people peel off envelopes? Did you know this? Apparently, the trick is to... Uh, they've just brought out some new stamps, and the trick is to thwart fraudsters who peel off or soak old ones and reuse stamps. How desperate are people nowadays? People are reusing stamps. Well, apparently, the trick costs the struggling Royal Mail hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Can't believe it. People are peeling off stamps. There's a British Muslim soldier who claims he was called the P-word by a Sarge who throttled him and threatened to kill him. Here we go again. Here we go again. God blimey. If we'd all had a pound for every time somebody sort of said something horrible about us, we'd all be very, very rich, I should imagine. And love is in the air for Lindsay Lohan and Sam Ronson on Valentine's Day. Couldn't give a flying forex. Really couldn't care less. Not interested. I'm interested in the news, which is coming up next on LBC 97.3. As Chief Executive LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's coming up to eight minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC. It's Monday morning, the day when you really don't want to get out of bed. You really can't. But at least it's not raining. For that, we should be eternally grateful. Don't forget, coming up on Nick Ferrari's Breakfast this morning after seven, the paper review is Mary Jordan, London co-bureau chief for the Washington Post. They're going to be talking about that 13-year-old dad again, this time, with Linda Blair, clinical psychologist and author of Straight Talking, and Jade Goody, how far will she take her story? Max Clifford. We'll be uh, talking to Nick this morning about that. And uh, Siobhan Wikes as well, uh, a personal perspective. I, I predict after the, the, the ultimate happens, uh, which everybody is now expecting, I, I think there's going to be a flurry of stories to the newspapers. I sincerely hope that nobody buys anything from Jack Tweed at all. I really would feel quite depressed by that, I think. Dawn in Rice, slip morning Dawn, saw celebrity come dine with me. I thought of you when Philip Olivier served the grey bream. How would you have coped with eating if you'd been there? You don't like skin on things, let alone heads and tails. I don't do fish at all. Why everybody does fish? I told you yesterday on the programme that I did go for the Marks and Spencer's Valentine's meal for two. Only I, I made it feed one. And, and I bought the salmon, which was lovely. And when I t- took it out of the packet and turned it over, it had all the silver skin on it. And I nearly passed out. It was just the worst. And I looked at it, I thought, be brave, be strong. Normally, I put it straight in the bin because I'm, I'm that funny about it. But this time I sort of gingerly lifted up a corner, put a knife underneath and, and cut... Oh, it's horrible. Absolutely awful. She says, if you hadn't told us that that wasn't Biggins's house, I would have probably guessed that it wasn't. 
as I can't think of a Waitrose near where he lives. He lives a few roads along from my family in Hackney. Exactly. I said, I know the house really well. So I was, I was on the phone to Fred saying, it's not his house, you know, not his house. Uh, there's a girl in the paper today. Her name is uh, she's Model, uh, Sarah Bluden. Sarah Bluden's in the paper today. Why? Uh, because she's had breast enlargements and uh, because she wants to, um, she wants to be boxer. She's a model. I mean, it's quite clearly some quasi-story to get in the paper, because really she's a hairdresser. And so here she is. She wants to get into the 2012 Olympics. She's only been boxing for two years, and she thinks she can go into the Olympics. I mean, grow up, girl, for goodness sake. And, uh, and she was stunned to discover, because she's bright, that uh, the British Amateur Boxing Association refused her permission to compete. Because she's had implants. And they've said, and they've said, well, you're not competing if you've got implants. It's just a silly story, actually. Because she's only been boxing for two years and she runs a hairdressing salon and she's a model. For this read, desperate. And so here she is. She says it's ridiculous. My surgeon said they make me no more vulnerable than any woman. You're not doing it, dear. Get over yourself. You've had your five minutes of publicity. Enough already. Go away. Goodness sake, honestly. Boxing. Why don't you go to America? That'd be nice. Go to America. And there's a, a guy here. Strangely enough, in the paper, and I, uh, why you would do this, I have no idea. He's a former rugby league star. He's spoken of his drug shame after confessing to a thousand pound a week cocaine habit. A thousand pounds a week. His name is uh, Dale Lawton. He told a court he turned to drugs after struggling to cope with his career ending five years ago. Okay, so your career finishes, and yet you can still afford a thousand pound a week on cocaine. I mean, where does that come from? He was caught with cocaine worth 1,463. The jury cleared him of intent to supply, but he was convicted of possession and faces jail. He says, it's just like somebody's cut my legs off. I set up a building company, but it never replaced rugby. I'd finished a 15-year career. I mean, it does seem an awful lot of cocaine to have on you, doesn't it? £1,540 worth. But, of course, if you can sit in court and say, well, it's for personal use... Somebody's going to believe you, aren't they? I mean, it just seems... An, it's an, I don't know what £1,000 looked like, because yesterday they were, they were telling us in the paper that it's now cheaper to actually do a line of cocaine than a cup of coffee. A line of cocaine works at... It used to be, and I only know this through years of reading the papers, £60 a gram for cocaine. £60 for a wrap of cocaine. Now they say it's £20. And a, and a wrap of cocaine you can cut into 20 lines. So that makes it a pound a line. In other words, it's actually cheaper to do that than go out and get a cup of coffee. Small wonder. And he, had a, he was doing £1,000 a week of it. I just feel somewhat sceptical with that one. I think it just seems an awful lot of cocaine to do for somebody who doesn't have any money. I mean, if you didn't have any money, you'd be, you'd be gambling, wouldn't you? There's one guy in the paper today, strangely enough, talking of, of gambling and knowing how addictive it is because a number of people that I'm now aware of enjoy gambling online. And they enjoy doing poker and stuff like that. And there's one particular guy who was very, very... Su- if I can find the story, I must bring it to you. Because he, he was very, very successful as a young man. In fact, when he organised student dances, uh, he made a lot of money. £8,000 he made. So as opposed to wasting it on fast cars and, and stuff like that, uh, what he actually did, he went out and he invested it in property. And he ended up, last year, with more than 100 properties and a fortune of £145 million. The property crash and the whole thing goes belly up. So he goes out and he gambles in a casino. He, he puts £60,000 on a credit card and he loses it. And he writes out a cheque for £100,000 and it bounces. And he's now suing the casino for allowing him, having lost 60000 to allowing him to lose £100,000. Do you know, I'd, I'd, I'd go outside and throw myself under a bus if I lost £60,000. They always say, don't ever gamble 
if you can't afford to lose. If you can afford to lose, it's fine. It's like playing a fruit machine. If you can afford to lose a pound, then fine. But if you put a pound in and you lose it and you think, oh, crikey, I'm a pound down. I've now got to put another pound in to get my pound back. It's not going to work. You're going to, you're constantly going to be in debt. And you never, ever gamble on credit cards. I did see somebody the other day, which I thought was very unwise. Strangely enough, a hairdresser in Twickenham. A hairdresser. And he used his credit card to get credit on the fruit machine. Because I think in most of the bookmakers, they've got these... They're all linked throughout the entire country. And you can put your credit card in behind the counter, and you go, how much? And you go, oh, £50 or something. And they then credit that machine, because they can operate the machines from behind the counter. And, uh, and he was putting... And I thought, oh, dear, dangerous situation. It's like, if, if you go in there and you put money in and you win, walk out. But most people don't, because it's the addiction of watching the reels spinning around or the little ball falling into the roulette wheel or whatever it happens to be. And so one, once you've started losing, you're on a hiding to nothing, I'm afraid. I have seen people winning nine, £900,000 on a fruit machine. And then they gamble it, thinking, right, I can now have £2,000, and they lose the whole lot. And you think, oh, I'd have walked out with nine hundred. Uh, I do love the story of Paul, Peter and Paul Kingston. Uh... The only time they were apart was at their birth in 1934. They were born within two hours of each other. And they're in showbiz. Uh, Paul is married to Mavis and Peter to, uh, to Carrie. And they, and they live in a house which is divided into two flats. One lives upstairs and one lives downstairs. They've been inseparable for nearly 75 years. They worked uh, at Pontins. They retired in 1991, but they continue to run discos. Uh, and they say now... You know, with nothing has you know nothing has changed in life. I think they they came from around uh, the Chiswick area, and uh, they after national service they'd gone back to Raymond Electric in Hanger Lane when a holiday with their parents Henry and Ivy changed their lives, and uh, and that was it. So they did light entertainment when they went to to Pontins and still together, inseparable for seventy five years. Isn't it nice that you get good stories in the papers and you think now that's a cheery story, like a good story. Apparently, if you want to be paid more, stay single. The moment you get married, apparently, you don't get paid as much. And ITV is uh, preparing to sell the Friends Reunited website to raise cash. It could also axe 500 staff as part of a cost-cutting drive. And I did read, I'm sure, earlier on, that the Royal Bank of Scotland are looking to shed something like 23,000 jobs. 23,000 jobs, which is not good. Still to come, Wikipedia. Millions trust it, but it's become a dangerous tool for lazy students, spiteful cranks and truth-twisting politicians. LBC 97.3 Steve Allen It's 6.20, Monday morning. Uh, Johnny says, I'm always amused when high flyers use a card to buy a coffee and sandwich for the staggering amount of £4.80. Is cash that alien? I know, I've seen people buying sandwiches on credit cards now. I don't understand it either. Actually, uh, somebody says, you never read out my technical question yesterday, but luckily James Max does Q&As and his guests answer the question. I know, actually, we had so many hundreds, we never got round to them. Luckily, uh, James had uh, loads of time to take uh, questions yesterday. He's, he was able to fit you in. We got hundreds yesterday and we just couldn't get through them at all. Uh, Steve, the hairdresser must have used a debit card as bookies can't take credit cards by law. Did I see the documentary on Larry Grayson on ITV Saturday evening? Yes, it was a repeat, actually. From You can tell how long ago it was. Because Isla Sinclair was on there looking very, very young. And also Bernard Manning, and he's dead. So they were all on there. It was, it was quite interesting. Uh, Noel says, will you be going to the Brit Awards? Probably. And um, I've just bought Series 1 a big deal, says Graham. It's amazing. Nearly all the extras in the background are now leading actors in EastEnders. <laughs> Noel says, have you heard the new Pet Shop Boys single? Of course. Heavens above, I heard it ages ago. Um, another one here. A lot of people telling, telling me that you can't use credit cards in bookies. I had no idea. You can just use debit cards, can you? 
which is uh, which is a shame. Um, Andy in Fulham thinks Philip Schofield needs educating. I love Philip Schofield. The one thing I've realised though is he's tiny. Have you ever seen Philip Schofield? I remember seeing him out once, and and I thought, oh, don't, 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 don't. I thought he was going to fall down a drain. He's the tiniest person you've ever seen. In fact, when you see him standing on the Strictly Come Dancing thing, a strict dancing on ice, you suddenly realise how small he is. Because you know Melinda Messenger is about knee-high to Polly Pocket. And when she's on there as well, even with their skate... And Colleen, what's going on with Colleen's legs? I've got no idea. Oh, this is somebody else's legs she's wearing. It's most peculiar. Who gave the police the right to decide what law to uphold? This is over whether to prosecute the 13-year-old, either boy or the 15-year-old girl, or perhaps both of them. And the answer is, who would actually prosecute them? What would you prosecute them for, apart from having underage sex? But it wouldn't actually solve anything at all, would it? Although you do think that the child should be taken into care, so at least it gets a good start in life. Uh, should I have bought shares, says Phil, in a tracksuit-making firm that specialises in grey ones? Yes, grey and pink, I think, would be the ones that you go for, because they seem to be favoured by most of the guests on, uh, on the Jeremy Kyle show. In fact, they go on there, and that's the best they're going to look, which I find somewhat disheartening. Uh, talking of stories in the, uh, the papers, 8 for 850, Wikipedia. Millions trust its every word, but Wikipedia, the error-ridden online encyclopedia, has become a dangerous tool for lazy students, spiteful cranks and truth-twisting politicians. You can never, ever trust anything on Wikipedia unless it's got all the citations on there. You remember that uh, Timmy Mallet's entry said that he was a former world jet ski champion, something his wife quickly put right. To be honest with you, it's a pile of rubbish, Wikipedia. It really is, because anybody can change it. Borat was named as the president of Kazakhstan. George Bush is said to have had his page changed some 40,000 times. And uh, after uh, a while, David Beckham was described as an 18th century Chinese goalkeeper. Michael Winner read about his death somewhat prematurely, and Tony Blair's middle name was changed to Whoop-de-doo. Saboteurs claimed he had posters of Adolf Hitler on his wall as a teenager. People put all sorts of things on there. I used to rely on it. If you had a guest coming in and you would, you'd say, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so, and they'd go, oh, you've been reading Wikipedia. So nobody ever relies on it now. It's just, you look at it and you think, I don't believe a word of that. A word. 84850, uk. Uh, it's not time for a trawl through Equity 39's membership list to see who's ripping off the state, and since this stamp con is now exposed, what will they try next, says Martin. I've got, I had no idea people were reusing stamps, but apparently hundreds of thousands of pounds. Apparently, Coke, says Graham, is God's way of telling you earning too much money. Well, it used to be before the Depression. Sorry, recession. I just, I just, to be honest with you, it's quite clearly still in common use. Luckily, it's managed to escape me completely because, unfortunately, I'm in a position to be able to afford it. Uh, Steve, I have uh, this lifelong chronic illness, yet I work all the hours God's gift. I only get one Sunday off every two weeks, live in a tiny bed sit, don't own a car, yet because I work, I can't get a council flat. Makes me sick. I know. It's one of those things, isn't it? Mind you, you must feel better in yourself that you're actually out there working. What are the origins of the expression cod? Someone told me it goes back to the days when somebody paid for goods cash on delivery. Do you remember those? There's probably a few of you listening who remember COD. COD. And you, the postman would turn up and he'd go, um, £4.60, and you would hand over the money to the postman. In fact, actually, it still happens now, but with the, uh, not FedEx, but the, um, the brown lorries that go around. What are the brown delivery? They're not FedEx, but it's the other one. And th- whenever I have parcels, which one? Parcel Force? No, not Parcel That's British Parcel Force. This is the brown lot. UPS. And whenever UPS turn up with parcels from in from America, which I don't use anymore, you have to pay the customs duty and everything else. So the bloke stands there and he goes, that's £13.60. So you produce a £20 note and he goes, I haven't got any change. 
You think, well, I'm not giving you 20 quid for it. I'm really not. And, um, and that's how... And then you have to sign their... Th- have you tried signing these stupid Blackberry things now? When I get out of the car in the morning, I have to sign it. Well, I'll tell you, anybody could copy my signature. It just begins to look absolute rubbish, I'm afraid. <laughs> absolute rubbish. But uh, COD. So, but COD acting is... It's sort of it's it's sort of one one up from naff, I think. It's a little bit it's over the top. It's the kind of thing you know. It's when you see somebody on a on a show. So Melinda Messenger. It's all oh it's like, <laughs> oh it's so funny. Have you noticed? Everybody on television is all a bit teeth and the other bits, and it's all it's all a little bit false. I'm afraid. Uh, why didn't they use Biggins's own house to film? Come dine with me. I can tell you exactly why they didn't. I can tell you exactly why they didn't use it because he's got hundreds and hundreds of paintings. In his house. He's got loads and loads of paintings. And they wanted to know who painted them all. And he said, I can't remember. Who, I've had them for ages. I don't know who painted them. And, of course, they don't want to put something up on the television if there's a copyright on it. Because somebody might say, wait a minute, you've just put, put my picture up on the television. That's, I've got the copyright. So, consequently, they had to film. I'm, I'm, sneaky, I'm thinking as well, actually, that they probably did Philip Olivier. Probably in a, in a, in a, in a house as well, isn't it? A uh, lovely picture of 14-month-old Freya Kirkpatrick playing among the first crocuses of spring at Portsmouth Cathedral. It's a picture to gladden your heart today because there's, there's not a load of uh, stories in the papers that make you feel particularly happy. But there is a story of an autistic boy who was taken all the way to Mongolia to be healed by horses and witch doctors. It's a fantastic story. And it's another one of those things that will sort of make you go, oh, they're nice. We like a good story every so often. Because otherwise, it's all Jade Goody on the front pages, on Jade, I Will, Dying Star and Jack exchange their wedding bands in secret. Well, I say in secret, in secret in front of the cameras for the UK Living programme. That's not that much secret, so you will get to see that. And um, the decision by ITV to ex. Sunday night drama Heartbeat after nearly two decades left many viewers angry. Nothing compared to the Yorkshire Village, where the 1960s drama is filled. Filmed the 400-strong community of, I think it's called Goathland, which doubles up as Aidensfield on the show, is fighting back to rescue the series on which its economy depends. So, in other words, when they actually go into these villages and they take them over, I think for Last of the Summer Wine, coach parties trek out there. For Emmerdale as well, you can't actually get to the Emmerdale set because it's on private land. You drive, I think, for three miles on this private estate, and then there's the Emmerdale set. There is a pub that they've used before, and so people trek off to this mythical village, and they go and have a look. It's all a bit bizarre, isn't it? I never understand why people want to, want to go and visit sets of filming things. Although, strangely enough, if you go around London, you start spotting places. Don't you? you go, well, I'm sure they've used that filming. I remember telling people the Richmond Theatre was used for no end of films, including the Craze, where they used it for the outside of the Craze Club... And yet the inside was the Café de Paris just up the road here at Leicester Square. So they, they went in down the stairs, but the outside was uh, something completely different. Um, uh, didn't the, uh, or couldn't the police prosecute the parents of the girl who allowed them to sleep together? Probably not, do you? I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I'd be fascinated why. And here is the, the only question you need to ask. Where the hell were social services? As usual, social services keeping their heads firmly under the blanket... It's just absolutely unbelievable that this can go on. And uh, Alfie, according to the Express today, if you believe this little child, has agreed to a DNA test. Marvellous, isn't it? We're treating him as an adult. He's a little boy who's not very bright. And um, the father pictured wearing a, a devil mask saying, no comment, ring Max. It's fabulous, isn't it? Oh, that we could all be, uh, be raking it in like that. Now, wait a minute, how old am I? Five, ten and thirteen. Oh, well, there's hope, I suppose. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC. 
This is LBC 97.3. Round, good to see the return of Winners Friday. Because mm. not only did, uh, did you have a winner, but also Alex had a winner as well. There we go. Not, not before time, let me tell you. His uh, Tartan Gunner won the tote return £3.40, profit £1.40. Total loss now £28.96, but he had a winner. Yep. And you had Northern Desert, or it could be dessert. Mm. I, I think, think it was it desert. Was... Oh, do you? I think so. Oh, right. One was... S, wasn't it? Sorry? One S. Yeah. Is that desert or that's, dessert? That's dessert's two S's. Oh, is it? I think. Right. Could be so, wrong, I think. Sports yeah. editors know these things. Uh, <laughs> you won at two to one. Your profit four pounds. Mm. Very good I'll indeed. Take that. Total profit nine pounds seventy-two. So well done there. The odds were down due to non-runners, but at least they won, so that's good. Both selections romped home. So let's hope we can do the same today. Quite a late race at the five forty at Wolverhampton, and this is for Alex. He's got single B. Win only. Okay, what well, I'm going, going to uh, market raisin today. Three ten bench warrant. Bench warrant. Bench warrant. Oh, okay. Right, bench warrant. You still off the booze? Yes. <laughs> you, you said with some hesitation there. <laughs> I, I sort of sensed... My, uh, my third d- weekend. Did I didn't know. Oh, you still but not it, it was particularly painful. Oh, dear. three weeks now, is three it? Three weeks. Well, three weekends, two two weeks and a bit. Oh, dear. Mm. I don't know how you're coping. Uh, neither do I. It's stressful, isn't <laughs> it? It's very stressful. It's very stressful. Yes. How much did you drink before? Do you drink a lot? This is all because Phil, incidentally, is, is doing boxing. He's got this boxing thing coming up. Yeah, I did a quite a lot of training on Friday afternoon. Right. And spent most of the weekend laid up with a bad back. <laughs> Not <laughs> drinking. I've had a bad shoulder this weekend. I don't know why. No. Most peculiar. I think it's the car they sent me this morning, where the, it's a Passat. I don't know if you've ever been in a Passat, but it's the back of it, the back seat doesn't, it needs to go back just a little bit further because it's kind of, it sticks in your neck. And every time you go over a bump, it's like, oh, blimey. Yeah. I, I had a different car this morning, actually. Did well. you? Yeah. I, I had Mohammed's la- uh, last week. I've been travel sick. Travel sick? Yeah. I haven't felt travel sick for about 10 years. What car was it? I don't know. It was just, you could feel like, all the bumps and everything. Oh, I got bumps this morning in the Passat. I always think the suspension's given up. <laughs> if ever you go over a bump and the car drops down into it, especially in London, there's, there's more potholes in London than anywhere else. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I spent my entire life going in and out of potholes, going, you know, honestly, my back's going, my shoulder's <laughs> going. But you can't afford to be... Uh, well, no, it's, uh, it's the last thing I need. Laid out, yeah. you've got to look after yeah. yourself. My God, it's going to be a day when you finish this fight, I tell I you. Pubs will be drunk dry around here. <laughs> look right. out, Phil's on the warpath, he's out there. Two drunk. pints and he'll be gone after uh, three months without one. Oh, looking forward to being there on that day, though. <laughs> Thank you, Phil, very much indeed. Thank we'll you. put it up on the website later, so you can, uh, you can have it. We only play for fun, incidentally, but if you're playing with, with Phil's selections, at least you're in profit at the moment. Mm. So that's good news. Phil will be back later. Thank you. He's back, yes, very good, very very promising, we hope, for tomorrow. But uh, he'll be back later on with Nick Ferrari just after the news at seven. Uh, Roger in Acton says, I'm a great fan of Come Dine With Me. Don't always get the opportunity to see it. On your recommendation, I watched the celebrity one. Christopher Biggins was brilliant and rightly deserved to win. Uh, just, just the funniest ever. After that, watch the repeat of the much maligned Minder. Fairly bland, rather wooden acting. Nevertheless, very good, if only for the excellent filming around London. Haven't heard you mention it, but have you watched Coach Trip, which is being repeated on Sky 3? I have seen Coach Trip, and I, I often uh, say it was one of those good programmes, but it's the Come Dine With Me that's taken the, the nation, because you can watch people cooking, you get to go into their kitchen, and you, it's just fantastic. It's just the best ever programme. And I do like the celebrity ones. I think, though, and we've all agreed, the amount of people I've spoken to have said that they seem to be going for the, let's pick some really stupid people, so a fight develops or somebody gets drunk. or I mean, there was one woman who passed out. And I don't think people like that you should put on television programmes. Or you shouldn't put them on if they've ever done any television ever before. Because you get people who are professional. I remember doing a a quiz on Channel 5 once. And most of the contestants had been on about 400 different quizzes before then. 
Uh, cod means hoax, parody or mock. It also means cash on delivery in a fish, says Nick. I'm hoping the fish one... Actually, they were talking about fish the other day and how cod is, uh, is not going to be uh, around. At the moment, we seem to be fishing the thing out of everything. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm sorry, but curry and mashed potatoes do not go well, says Connie. Certainly does, I'm afraid. It absolutely does. No, rice out the window. No, curry with probably sausages, mashed potato with some baked beans in there. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Ray says, believe me, I sent you the Valentine's Mansion info with the urls before he posts up his blog about me. Ordinary London's number 20. Ordinary, says Ray. <laughs> it's good. The reason that your listener cannot get a council property isn't because he works, it's because he's single. You are considered the lowest priority. That's why so many teenage girls get pregnant. Lots of council tenants that work and pay rent, says Mitch. Not all spongers. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Do you know, I always used to look at um, the pop charts years ago, and I used to look at uh, Brian Ferry and think that he was really well healed. It turns out... He began life in a miners' council house. It's all fake. It's all, you know, he's just come from very humble beginnings. And, uh, but everybody looks at him and goes, oh, he's, he's, really, he's really posh, isn't he? No, he's not. He's, in fact, really working class. However, his new girlfriend, a little bit worrying, is 36 years his junior. I think she's 27, he's 63. And he says, I don't hang around with people my own age. Didn't think there were that many people. And that she also went out with one of his sons. I find that somewhat peculiar, I'm afraid. Just, you know, just while we're sort of talking about peculiar things in the, uh, in the papers today. Could a money makeover change your life? You know, most people, you turn on the television now and there's another programme telling you how to manage your money. And yet still people get themselves into debt. It's so easy now. Because unfortunately the, the credit card companies just hand out credit cards. And they give people credit and people think, oh, I'll go out and I'll spend all that money. I remember getting my first credit card, and they went, and you've got, I think in those days, it was £750 to spend. You go, £750? God, you can go berserk with that. Of course, you tend to spend it thinking that every month you're going to have £750 to spend without even thinking that you've got to pay the stuff back. And then, of course, come, come the day of reckoning, I'm afraid that's the day when you go, um, I don't think so really. So you're going to get another credit card, and then you... you outmax yourself on that one as well. And before you know where you are, you've got thousands of pounds in debt. There was a story in the papers the other day, which I wanted to bring you, but we didn't have time on the programme, about a moneylender. And people would go to him if the banks had turned them down. And this is where they, they score. Because some of the rates of interest that these moneylenders are operating under are something like 2,000%. We've had cases on the television where a couple have been... In fact, there was one classic couple in their 60s who had been to a moneylender. I mean, you've really got to be at rock bottom to go to people like this. And they borrowed £300. Unfortunately, because they didn't stick to the terms of the agreement, the money's got to be paid. It's no good paying in a cheque because if it doesn't clear by the time it's supposed to be done, you're in big trouble. The debt rocketed to £28,000. £28,000. And then he came round and he had a court order to take their house. And it's just the way. If the bank turn you down for a loan, there's a very, very good reason, if you're listening, Anthony Worrell-Thompson. It's because you're a bad risk. If you end up going to some of these moneylenders, it's just a barrel load of trouble. There was one the other day. Police went round there and recovered £26,000. He just intimidated people. That's all he did. His whole life was intimidating people. And you think, by now, why would nobody go round there and sort of sort this person out? Why do you know? I'm sure that we had used to have the guardian angels on the tube, although I haven't seen those for ages and ages. There's not a, present, a pleasant uh, prospect to think of, is it, on a, on a Monday morning? There's uh, more on um, this baby who was critically ill in hospital last night after a family of four slipped off a seawall. 
the unconscious tot, because there's another story in the paper today of a, of a tot falling into the sea, and you think, why are people so close to the sea? This one here, it said, it would appear they'd been pushing a buggy when they fell in in Folkestone. I mean, why would you go anywhere near a seawall with a buggy? Or let children... I mean, I, I worry. You see children sometimes running. You think, where is the parent? Where is the parent? They let these poor kids run along and then, and then wonder why things go, uh, go wrong. There's also a story in the paper today. Four in ten children admit copying violent acts they've seen on TV or computer games. Little Alfie watches computer games, doesn't he? There's worrying. And the shocking truth about swinging Britain. Swinging, apparently, and swapping can wreck your lives. Don't know what it is? I'll tell you all about it. And it's very sordid. After the news, which is next. It's coming up to 16 minutes to 7. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. And I'm standing by the fact that curry and mashed potato is the best. With rice, oh, so tedious and boring. It's 10 to 7, Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Uh, Mary says, if these families who are selling their stories are on benefits, why can't the money be classed as income and take the benefits off them? Well, that's the, the question, I think, that everybody's been asking. If they're going to get as much as Andrew Pearce suggested yesterday on his programme, which could be as much as half a million pounds because they're, they're bidding for the story. I don't actually understand what they're bidding for. There can't be much else we know unless they film themselves doing it because I can't see there's anything else to learn uh, about this family. It's bad enough watching the Jeremy Kyle show. I don't want it, the whole thing repeated in front of us. Uh, the shocking truth about swinging in Britain. The Sun have uh, done a huge double-page feature on the growing number of Brits who are being drawn into the seedy world of wife-swapping. Apparently nearly two million UK couples are said to have tried swinging, and another six million say they'd like to, according to a new survey. Now, just in case you don't know what swinging is and you think it's going to a kid's playground and going backwards and forwards, it isn't. It's going to certain clubs. Uh, Sheffield seems to be a popular place, according to The Sun. And uh, you take your wife or your girlfriend and you swap partners. You know, it's, I suppose it's similar to the old parties years ago where you sat there and you, you threw your keys in the middle of the room. You know, and you hope you went home with something that was better than, uh, than you'd actually taken there. But they've got various couples who are quite willing to talk about it. And you just... The only thing you feel when you look at them is immense sadness... Because there's poor Stephen and Emma. Uh, Emma, quite clearly, has been around the block half a dozen times. They've been swinging for eight months. She's been married twice. She has two daughters aged eight and 11. And um, he's an electrician. Why you'd want to parade yourself in the paper and tell people about this? For the embarrassment of your daughters, I have got no idea. The worst is Colin and Gina, who have two children. Well, she has two, because they, none of these people can keep relationships going. None of them have, have secure relationships at all. In fact, uh, they've been married for four years and swinging for two. Gina has two children aged six and eight from another relationship. And Colin has a son, 14, and a daughter, 18. And here they are proudly telling the world in the sun what they get up to. You'd be absolutely horrified if it was your parents. Although we seem to be putting this to one side. I mean, although the, um, the outlook doesn't look promising for poor Stephen and Emma, not judging by her, her track record. She's apparently a part-time model. Judging by her looks and photograph in the paper today, very part-time, I should imagine. But uh, even uh, Deirdre Sanders, the son's agony aunt, says, really, it's, you know, it's, it's great fun to do this kind of thing, but it will kill your relationship stone dead. She said, sex lives are closely linked with emotions. What can be safe as a fantasy can be very risky for our relationships when real people get involved. Because one of the couples says, we've made a pact, we both have to fancy the girl. Because at some point you're going to end up with somebody, if you're going to go out and do this, who isn't going to fancy both of you. And in which case you've then got dreadful problems. But uh, it, it goes on. Apparently uh, Deirdre has got a, um, a special 
sheet, which is available on the web, which they've done in, in relationship with Relate. Because if two, two million people are trying it at the moment, and apparently six million people have tried it, there's obviously something desperately missing from their lives that they need to go out and do this kind of thing. Daily Mirror on the front page, you get your free book today. I think it's vouchers. It's Thomas the Tank Engine. A bit of sanity in this mad world of ours. Uh, Jade Goody and Jack Tweed have exchanged wedding rings in front of the cameras. Uh, and then she's pictured on the front of two of the papers this morning. I think two of the papers. Uh, Max Clifford will be talking to Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. Uh, they're also going to be talking about little Alfie Patton. He's 13. He must be the most juvenile 13-year-old you've ever seen in the papers. Uh, more on Jade Goody. Inside the paper, you get pages and pages. Day one in the extraordinary life of uh, the TV celebrity being killed by cancer. So you're going to have this all the way through. As she said in some of the interviews, you don't know which ones they've cobbled together. She said, I've lived in front of the cameras, I'll probably die in front of the cameras as well. She's now resigned herself to doing it. She thinks, if, if you can read between the lines, that Jack Tweed is going to be looking after her children. I would have thought that Jeff Brazier would have something to say there. We were saying, I don't think so, they're my, my children. You can't just will your children away to somebody else, can you? Uh, also... EastEnders has been rocked by new star Nina, I think it's pronounced, to St. White. I have no idea how you pronounce it, but she's confessed, and there's a picture of her here. I mean, I know she's only like a character. Um, she's come in as the feisty new love interest of Bradley Branning, but she's now confessed to a wild past of drugs and violence. Lovely. Fantastic. Just what you need, isn't it, in EastEnders? So it's uh, life imitating art or art being art. She's admitted on a website she's a nutter who likes boozing, smoking pot and has beaten people up. I mean, you have to ask yourself the question, do you think this really is her, or is this somebody made up? She's got a MySpace page, she describes herself as Nina the Nutter, and declared, I'm a loud South Londoner who's always up for a good time. I hope to goodness it isn't really you, I'm hoping that somebody's put that up there, because there are so many actresses out of EastEnders who end up having these things put up there, and it just brings, brings nothing but misery, I'm afraid. Oh, the good news is that Prince, uh, Princess Michael's son is to marry his actress girlfriend, Lord Freddie Windsor, and Sophie Winkleman... Big Sue's in uh, Peep Show will tie the knot later this year. There you go. So marrying out of class. That should be interesting. And uh, special staff will give warming hugs to shivering customers if it falls below nine centigrade at Alton Towers theme park. I don't think I want people coming up, you know, hugging me. And, you know, you're sort of standing in line. You're sort of there going, oh, I'm looking forward to going on the log flume. Somebody comes in. Should we give you a big hug? Touch me and I'm calling the police, OK? I don't do any of that kind of... Come on, don't you want to... Go? I do not want a hug, thank you very much indeed. Nothing worse is an unwarranted hugs. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, how is it the police can pick up and choose which laws they uphold and which they don't regarding Alfie? I think because somebody's got to make a complaint. That's how I read it. I think somebody's got to make a complaint. And as nobody's making a complaint, quite clearly... Uh, the, the family aren't remotely interested because they're making money out of it, so it's total exploitation. Steve, I went to a wife swap party. I got a cordless drill for mine. <laughs> Very good. Lovely. Uh, Lorraine says, instant mash, yuck. Quite clearly haven't eaten proper instant mash then, have you? You've probably done that other stuff. Um, Ray says, if you watch tonight's The Weakest Link, you'll see a mate of mine on, Colin from Manchester. <laughs> and... Um, a lot of people telling me about uh, council properties. You can only get them. Apparently, single men don't do very well in the council. They don't, do they? You notice that? Single men don't get council properties. It tends to be single women, provided they've got a child. So, uh, good for Chanel, because uh, she'll be getting her uh, property very, uh, very shortly. What gift was in the small green bag that Biggins kindly took to each host? I have no idea. I'll try and find out for tomorrow morning for you all. Uh, front page of the Daily Mail, your free DVD. It's a great film, actually, if you've never seen it before. 
It's The Way to the Stars with Sir John Mills, Michael Redgrave, Rosamund John. Really good film. Very, very good film. If you like war films, you like The Way to the Stars. We mentioned it. Strange enough, we only mentioned it a few weeks ago on the programme. I'm convinced that half the papers listen to the programme and they go, do you know, that's a good film. Let's put that on the television. You watch. A few weeks' time, World of Susie Wong will appear. I've just got this feeling. Uh, the 13-year-old father is on the front of uh, the Daily Mail. Uh, they say a frenzy of greed in the question, just where are social services? Uh, a drug which appears to erase painful memories has been developed by scientists. This astonishing treatment could help sufferers of post-traumatic stress disorder and those whose lives are plagued by hurtful recurrent memories. It's amazing the stuff they can do nowadays, and yet we still can't cure the common cold. Uh, the Daily Express asks the question, so who really did father this baby? As another two people have crawled out of the woodwork, and foreign workers are pricing out British builders by working for as little as £2 an hour. Hardly seems worth it if they're building, is it? I mean, is anybody actually buying property at the moment? I think Christo was talking last night about the problems that he's having buying, uh, buying a flat at the moment. I think everybody's in there. Uh, the Sun have got uh, Jade, uh, the nuke subs crashing, because they're so packed with uh, equipment they couldn't actually see each other. Daily Mirror have got Jade Goody and uh, Jack Tweed. They'll be talking about that with Nick after the news. Daily Star, I will wed Jade, says Jack Tweed. And apparently they've already exchanged rings. Who's going to pay for this? Well, oh, OK's going to pay for the wedding, aren't they? Of course they are. Listen, just about it for this morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can pick up on the blog a little bit later on. Do podcast. We're streaks ahead on LBC. We're streaks ahead with podcasting. You've actually taken to it very, very well indeed. So enjoy the rest of your Monday. It should be a little bit milder than of late. I'm back with tomorrow morning at five, leaving the capable hands of Nick after the news, which is next on 97.3. They're all out there now. 